The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. You're listening to Wins Above Fantasy, part of the Pitcherless Podcast Network with Van Burnett, and Steve Giswelli. Welcome back, everybody. It is Wins Above Fantasy, episode 69. We got a nice episode ahead for you guys, and I'm here with Steve Giswelli, as always. I'm Van Burnett. And first of all, I want to apologize real quick last week for the technical difficulties. You guys got to hear our intro music and really just vibe out to that, but all good this time. Steve, super pumped about this episode, man. You did a great job on the rundown. We're at that home stretch, mid-August looking for any boost for your fantasy teams sometimes it's new guys getting called up but then there's just as much opportunity looking for some of the underperforming guys who at this point plenty of managers are probably frustrated cutting bait and we've got a, a pretty fun show here taking the inspiration from one Vinny Pasquantino a WAF favorite and looking at his story and kind of projecting out with the crystal ball Maybe who could be the next one, but super excited. Uh, how's it going over there, man? How's dad life? How's the fantasy push? Talk to me. Good, man. Uh, it's fun. Uh, busy, not much sleep, uh, but, you know, uh, watching some late night, late night baseball. It's a feeder. Uh, it, it, it's good stuff. No, no complaints from my end, despite the the lack of sleep and just craziness going on. And raising a, a nine-month-old puppy, too, is... Uh, you know, probably not the best planning by us, but hey, that that that's what happens. But and, you know, I mean, our, our intro song is pretty good too. So uh, it's not it wasn't the worst thing in the world that you had to listen to that for a little bit before uh, it was just like a teaser before you got to the good stuff, right? Yeah. But yeah, yeah I mean, uh, this this rundown was inspired by um, Vinny Pasquantino, Italian breakfast, uh, Italian nightmare, whatever <laughs> his his nickname is. Italian breakfast is just gr- is great. Uh, an ode to uh, Billy Butler and country breakfast in Kansas city. Um, but I don't know if he, he liked that one or not. So, uh, but regardless, um, Vinny P Vinny P yeah. Vinny P it, it, it's great. Now, you know, the, I know great Raswell has some great times in his daily write-ups with, uh, the fun nicknames that he gives out, uh, for, for those. So, uh, all around, uh, you know, been, been good. And kind of what inspired it is, his process was so good since it, when he got called up in, I think it was late June, right? Mm-hmm. And it was really a, a tough first month, but the process really never faltered and, and, and showed reason for hope. Um, 
and that eventually came to fruition with like you know the last 30 days where he's been essentially you know one of the best players in the league he won player of the week last week uh has been hitting you know a bunch of home runs and is that pros- impact prospect at least over the last month that that people hope they they could be the problem was that was so bad during the first month that uh some people probably cut bait myself included but i, I added back uh, you know before the actual you know uh, uh this bad scramble to, to to jump back on board but i guess the goal is to say okay here's these players that are doing everything underlying under the hood well and it's it's harder to see that in season right because you have to go through splits you have to go from a certain date and you, you know numbers are muddied by either a good start or a slow start and it's harder to see whereas you know in april you could just see oh hey uh, this guy is barreling the ball fifteen uh, percent of the time, but is hitting two hundred. Like that's not going to last. It's it's harder to see it uh, in, in season, uh, at, at least for me. So uh, yeah, when it's some, all mixed in, yeah, yeah I think yeah. that's that's what's what's great about this show is is you've pulled. You've, Steve has done the homework for you guys. <laughs> he pulled pulled a date range from July fifteenth to August fifteenth, and like you said, then it's kind of pulled apart from the full season numbers, which could be muddied at this point by like month over month splits. So I, th- yeah, I mean, this is a, this is a great list, Steve. And I think we will have to talk about Vinny P, but first maybe talk about, I guess how you pulled the dials or pulled the levers on some of these different stack categories to compile this list. And then of course we're going to get into a handful of names on uh you know, I'm not sure we're going to catch the Vinny P lightning in a bottle with the pop and the plate discipline, but we'll definitely look at some candidates. But talk about the process, Steve, and kind of how you built out the spreadsheet on this. Yeah, the Fangraphs uh, custom leaderboard, it's like whenever you go to a, a leaderboard, uh, it's kind of hidden on the bottom of the page, but you can essentially just choose all the columns that you want. There's standard tabs that have like, you know, standard advanced bad ball, which are great. But if you want to combine them all into one, it's nice to create a custom table there. Uh, you just got to scroll down to the bottom of the page and you can do that. And I basically just included, you know, um, some things that I like looking at, uh, you know, the, the the standard back of the baseball card stat, average OPS, slugging, ISO, K percentage, things like that, that I like to just look at. And then like a lot of the underlying metrics, BABIP, swing strike, O swing, and did that for the last you know, 30 days, I went from uh, 7.15 to today we're recording this, the, the 16th. I went to 7.15 since I did it this morning. Um, and then just ran a filter on process stats, right? Like I, I filtered on guys that had an O-swing less than 30%, so a chase rate less than 35, 35%, um, a contact percentage greater than 70%, so they're making contact, uh, you know, uh a good amount of time, um, a hard hit percentage greater than 35%. So, you know, they're hitting the ball hard, uh, a barrel percentage greater than 8%. So that's, you know, probably around league average, but you know, we want to look at guys that are, that are better than that. And then sort of the, the last key that unlocked Vinny Pasquantino was getting that ground ball rate in line. So a ground ball percentage, um, less than 45%. So guys that are essentially doing everything that you want to see under the hood, that should lead to you know good average and good power because it's a just a combination of everything that we like to see in good hitters and then to like find underperformers i didn't use x stats or anything i just 
with that criteria, just looked at guys with an OPS under 900. So if you're doing those process stats, like you're going to come up with a leaderboard of like the best hitters in, in the league, right? Like it was right. judged, like, you know, uh, all those guys, everyone who was good was at the top of it. So um, we want to look at guys that are essentially quote unquote underperforming um, and, and can find some guys that, Hey, these guys are doing stuff. Well, um, you know, they might not be getting the results to show for it. And there's other guys that, you know, like we have on the rundown, like, we'll, we'll, you know, not to spoil any names, but like Lars Newbar, Trent Grisham that have been doing really well, but might have gone unnoticed because, you know, Newbar's just running into an everyday playing time. Trent Grisham was god awful for, you know, the first three months of the year. So mm-hmm. um, some guys like that that could be surprising. And then maybe some guys that could be the quote unquote next Vinny P. And then, Steve, does it have some sort of, like, qualified at-bats? Because I know the list in full has, like, 170-ish hitters. You see, like, oh, he was 42nd among all these hitters on this list. But, yeah, the, it, with the list uh, it, being, like, 180 or something. It just left that, you know, there, there's a, a qualified button on fan graphs that So anyone who qualified, it wasn't, like, a any super small samples on this like you know you'll see yeah most of these guys had just looking at it like 80 like i think i did 70 ab's so most of these guys have at least 70 uh at bats uh close to 100 plate appearances so there's no um small sample uh platoons yeah yeah i mean you know there's some but they'll they'll be on the large side of the platoon at least there's a a good sample for all these guys yeah yeah, no, sounds good. Didn't uh, didn't mean to grill you. No, no. I just know there's uh, some of these. It's, that's it's a that's a that's like a valid that. question. That is a very very valid question. Well, let's start with Vinny P, Steve, because a few things here. One, he's he's Waff name. We've been talking about him long before he was called up, and I think we experienced that. You know, at first it was it was kind of is this the quad A guy or is it somehow just not translating? But then. You know, we were told, we kept telling everyone and telling ourselves to exercise patience because of the fact that everything looked so good under the hood. The plate discipline, primarily, which has always been the best part about Pasquantino to go with the pop, the plate discipline had been there and he had some really loud outs. It just wasn't really clicking. And in the past week, like you said, I mean, you know, winning player of the week, a 1580 OPS, five homers, and all of that across. 28 at bats just two strikeouts so that's yeah I, I mean there's not much to, to say beyond the fact that it's a crime he's only 37 percent rostered in yahoo leagues i think if he's available in your league and you guys are listening to this right now just go I, make room for Vinny p on your roster because it looked like this could happen when he got called up it looked like it should have been happening since he was called up and it's just started to all click into place so I know I was very frustrated, Steve. I rostered him, uh, stashed him with no prospect slot or anything for three weeks, dropped him on that Friday. He got called up on Monday. I missed out. It's probably the FOMO story of the season for me right now. Um, but you've you've actually grabbed him, added him back, and, yeah, it's, it's all just firing on all cylinders. I mean, in general for Vinny, what are you seeing under the hood? And I'm curious – if he kind of continues at this rate, do you think this is a, a player that might crack like the top 100 in draft rooms next season? Um, if he continues at this rate, probably just because he was such a big prospect, he had that 
you know, raw power and, 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 you know, elite home run totals at the minors and has just been sort of a, a, a favorite stash of, of everyone. You know, it's not like he's, he's this unheralded prospect that was called up that underperformed and, you know, you can get around pick 200, 250, something like that. And what makes him special and what makes, you know, the sort of the goal of this episode, like we're not going to find it is because you're not, you don't really find guys that have this elite power skills with elite plate discipline. Like those guys are, you know, the best players in the league. That's why when I ran this sheet and didn't filter for, uh, to trim down these underperformers, like it came up with like Aaron judge, you know, uh, Vladimir Guerrero, like guys like that. Um, but what makes it so special is that, you know, he has this elite barrel rate of 12.4% with just a 14% strike strikeout rate and a 10% walk rate. Like that's the stuff that you dream of. Um, he's hitting the ball hard 50% of the time. That's, you know, some of the best in the league and has max exit velocities on par with, you know, any power hitter in the league. So, yeah, I think if he does continue, people are going to be all over him next year, uh, especially with how this last, you know, 14 days, 30 days have gone for him just because it is that marriage of elite raw power and elite plate discipline that you really only find in, like, the top few rounds of your draft. So if he's anywhere other than that, like you're probably going to be getting a deal next year in drafts just because that skill set is so, so rare and so special for fantasy. Yeah. I already picture us kind of uh, circling him as a, a bargain bin at the first base position next year. And the Royals should continue to get better. And Vinny P's locked into the cleanup spot there. So in terms of, the spreadsheet that you ran, Steve, and, and just the past month from July 15th to August 15th, just to kind of rattle it off, the slash line for Pasquantino is a 298 average, a 356 OBP, and a 543 slug. And in terms of the, the K rate during that time, 13.5%, uh, an 8.7% walk rate, just a 7% swing strike rate, and an 85.6% contact rate. Uh, 13.6 barrel rate. The ground ball rate is down, like you mentioned, at 37, or 37.5%, and the fly ball rate is up at 45%. So it all looks good for Vinny. Now, going back to kind of the, the query that you ran, where we were talking again about O-swing, contact, hard hit rate, barrel rate, and ground ball rate being low, do you just want to maybe list off the names who who fit that category and then we can jump in one by one or do you want to kind of do a unboxing as we go through each one of them yeah let, let's unbox them we could uh we can talk about some interesting guys here that we put on the rundown that that stood out to us uh i like that that's sort of how we how we do it here uh, on waff so uh down to get into some names yeah let's do it so the first one drum roll jj blade for the miami marlins this was uh, a pretty big prospect name um and has been i know paul spore was was big on him uh former first round fourth overall pick very very uh high power potential the hit tools not quite what it is for pasquantino but in the past uh in the past month it's been kind of meh 
like you said, any of these guys kind of fall underneath that OPS. So we're looking for underperformers. Blade is just 3% rostered in Yahoo and has been a 215 average, 308 OBP, which is a nice bump from that average, and then a 418 slug. So during this time, the K rate is what we're not going to get compared to Vinny with the 28% strikeout rate. However, the 11% walk rate gets me excited for any points leagues, OBP leagues. Blade can take a walk. Uh, he's hitting in the, t- the top half of the order. Um, for the rest of the metrics under the hood, Steve, maybe walk us through what we're seeing with Blade and if anything really jumps out uh, in your opinion. Yeah, this might be the bargain bin Vinny P, like the guy that you're going to get a really good deal on last year. But obviously it's going to come with a few more walks, namely that, that strikeout rate like you mentioned. However, the chase rate is really good, and the swing strike rate really doesn't tie out to that high um, K percentage. It's just uh, 10.8%, I believe, the swing strike rate for uh JJ Bleday, so you know better than that's better than league average for sure. And that would make sense with a twenty eight percent strikeout rate uh, if he was chasing, but he's really not. So um, I would expect that to kind of improve a little bit as he gets more comfortable with the level. Um, sure, he did have some higher strikeout rates in the minors, but I mean you could get by with a twenty eight percent strikeout rate. Like what league average now is like twenty three, twenty four percent. So uh, it, it's it's not that bad, all things considered. Um, so I, I think it's it's been a little bit unlucky so so far. I mean the contact percentage is. No, that's seventy-seven percent. I thought it was. I thought it was closer to seventy. So that, that's still pretty good. There's a lot that he's doing right here that sort of looks like Vinny Pasquantino right light before he broke out. So, sure, it might not be um, you know a, a run of a two ninety-eight average like Vinny P is running right now, but I could see Boudet hitting two fifty with you know uh, mid twenties home run total. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, he's got the raw power for that ballpark. It's not like that that that's going to hold him back or anything like that. I, I think Bleday is a really nice name to, to add now because he's essentially free in most leagues and then keep in mind for 2023 as well. Yeah, the the past couple of weeks is kind of what I think you're hoping it looks like where he's batting 256 with an 861 OPS. Yes, he has 11 strikeouts during that time, which is a little high, but the eight walks – to go with it is nice and yeah i think that that what stood out to me is that the o swing one of the i guess the filters you have here steve blade is 34th best out of all these names in o swing and the barrel rate at 11.2 percent is 42nd best so when you think about having a, a good o swing or low o swing essentially means you're waiting for your pitch mm-hmm. and if you have a high barrel rate that's kind of what we talked with. Uh, I'm trying to think of the past guests that we had on and we were just talking about. That's a really good formula. I think it might have been the, the Paven Smith one with Grant where we yep. were saying if you if you are selective and you're crushing pitches, that's a really good pairing. So I think this one is, is really good for Blade and it's going in the right direction. Um, you know, a couple homers in the last week. So I think this, this could be a good name throughout the rest of the season. So... Love the first one here for Blade and uh, just a really good one to keep an eye on for, for Keeper Leagues, given that this is, uh, you know, the, the first shake we've seen from the 24-year-old Blade. 
Um, Trent Grisham, Steve, is one who I'm I'm kind of always half in on, and it seems like he kind of builds us up to let us down. In the past week, or in the past couple weeks, he's really turned it on with the four home runs, over a thousand OPS. So it looks like Grisham is on the rise. He's 43% rostered. That's climbing all the time. I know you circled Grisham's name. What are you thinking for Grisham with the Padres and kind of how he fits the bill as a potential breakout here despite being kind of an underperformer? Yeah, I mean, we've seen runs like this from Grisham before, right? What, what it was the shortened season where he looked really good and people thought that uh, the the Padres had a heist and it's sort of gone the other way now. Um, but there, there has been some encouraging signs, um, and this is one of them that, you know, Grisham was just so bad for the beginning of the season, it's easy to overlook, like, despite, you know, if you filter on, like, the last 30, you still tend to ignore just because the season long line is still like under a 200 batting average you kind of just mm-hmm. gloss that over but in the last you know month he's got an 844 OPS he's slugging 526 so kind of that Grisham that we we, we came to know uh, and, and hope for when he first got traded to the Padres and sort of had that breakout um, his strikeout rates under 25% during that time he's still walking that that always the, the walks have always been there and I think you know, he's kind of a guy that is overly patient, um, but he's not really chasing at all. I, I probably has one of the lowest on this list. That's a 20% O-swing percentage. Uh, the contact percentage is up to 84%, and he's crushing the ball. It's a 51% hard hit rate. So when that happens, like, there's going to be runs like this for Grisham. Um, I added him in, in, in a league this week because uh, he's playing six out of six righties this week. He is still sitting versus lefties, so... That's the downside. But, I mean, with the Tatis suspension, if Tatis was going to play a little bit of center, that probably would have cut into his playing time even more, but that's obviously not going to happen. So, uh, you know, the Padres are are clearly going for it, and if he's running, you know, if he's going like this, they're not going to sit him. So uh, I think just because he had that abysmal start, he's probably still out there in a lot of leagues, and people are glossing this over, but... He's got basically 11% power rate, and like I said, that 50% hard hit rate is is impressive. Uh, with his eye, uh, it's sort of like you said that that marriage of being able to wait for your pitch and then barreling up the ball—that's what Grisham's doing over these last uh, four weeks or so. Yeah, I think it's a good name. You could still help with with speed. He hits mm-hmm. all yep. fields. Chips in, chips in a, a, a bag here and there. It's not, you know, I think we had hopes of like. Right. 240, 2020. Like, I don't think that that's the case for him, but I think it might, you know, in a peak year, it might be like 240, 25, 10, right? Like, that's or that's a good fantasy player. Yeah, and still just 25 years old, which is, uh, you know, encouraging for kind of the, the broader picture for Grisham, but I, I think that's a good name as well. Uh, one I had to chuck in here, Steve, and I think he might have been disqualified because the OPS was too high, uh, <laughs> potentially, but... If we, if we move it down a little bit, Lars Newbar is a name oh, yeah. we've talked about several times, I think maybe in each of the past two or three episodes. But Newbar for the Cardinals, playing every day, is such a good Vinny comp, uh-huh. mainly because this is the best chance. Across the league, we've seen Pop develop four players, but it's really hard to just pull out of thin air a strikeout-to-walk rate that's one-to-one, basically. And Newbar, it's... 
it's just been terrific. A, a 15.6% K rate, almost identical to Pasquantino, and then a 17% walk rate since Newbar's been up. So just elite, elite plate discipline, which I don't think is really talked enough uh, or talked about enough for Newbar. And once you take that and put it in the left hand, on the other hand, you got a 10.3% barrel rate, a 43.4% hard hit rate. Eno Saris did a little piece or some chatter on Twitter about how Newt Barr's bat speed has quickened, if you will, since All-Star break, which is obviously a great sign for, for power. And yeah, this one, I just think across the list, I know Newt Barr is, is not really a secret necessarily anymore. I know he's still batting most of the time in the the bottom of the order, but he has led off a couple times this week. Um, he's currently on a little bit of a cold streak, but just 5% rostered. I think Newt Bars is a really good one here, if not this year, then next year for sure. Yeah, th- this might have passed uh, my favorite uh, target or, or, you know, quote unquote, the next Vinny P, uh, more so than Bleday, just because the plate discipline's a little bit better. Um, yeah, and, and looking at this list, and like uh, I included Homer on the fly ball, like the one thing that stands out for him is, you know, he's got the lowest home run the fly ball rate uh, of anyone on this list just 9.1 percent so definitely getting a little unlucky uh, a 15.4 percent power rate usually does not tie out with a nine percent home run the fly ball so um, definitely getting a little unlucky uh, in that department but yeah everything looks good it's that it's that marriage of of plate discipline and and, and power skills man uh uh, I, I like what I'm seeing, and it looks like that that swing change. You know, they, they talked about in the off season too. I think we mentioned when we talked about Newt Bar mm-hmm. last week. He worked on his swing, went to a swing lab to add that uh, swing speed, um, and, and it's coming to fruition since this since the All Star break. He's playing every day. Um, I think it's a great low key ad uh, for the stretch run here. Yeah, both both uh, lefties, both 24 years old. So we got you know some of the the softer comps yeah. as well. Uh, <laughs> Kyle Tucker, not a ton actionable on this, Steve. I, I, the it's fact, by, that uh, yeah, I think the byline window probably closed, but maybe yeah, it might might be closing or or trade deadlines. But uh, yeah, I guess as as a buy low, it's a, it's a good note there. Um, but Tucker, yes, in the past couple weeks, OPS over a thousand. It's interesting his name pops up on this just because you kind of have to remind yourself that it's like yet again the season line has just been slow to take. We saw it last year as Tucker was one of the unluckiest first-half players, completely broke out. It kind of looks like something similar is happening. Uh, In this date range that you ran, just a 228 average for Tucker, a 276 OBP, and a 474 slug. Uh, The the plate discipline also is very good for Tucker, no secret. 15% strikeout rate, 6% walk rate. I thought that the 233 BABIP was something I, I wanted to point out, um, just that it seems like he continuously is, is getting unlucky. But, I mean, overall, it's it's starting to, I guess, evolve to where Tucker is yet again looking to have a monstrous second half compared to the first half. Uh, anything to add on Kyle Tucker, Steve, and and what you were seeing kind of running this this uh, spreadsheet? Yeah, I've looked at Tucker a lot. I, I've tried to trade for him in a bunch of places and last year I did trade for him with that abysmal start because that stack cast page was just absolutely bright red across the board even when he wasn't performing what gave me a little trepidation this year is that you know 
the average exit velocity and the hard hit percentage wasn't as good and where it was in 2021. It was still okay, and you know the XBA and barrel percentage was all still pretty good, but it wasn't that extreme dark red that it was in 2021. It, you know, yeah. if if uh, 2021 was Charizard, uh, 2022 is like you know uh, Charmander. Uh, Charmander. You know, yeah, first Pokemon reference on WAF. There yeah, we go. There you go. So that was a bit concerning, gave me a bit of trepidation. I'm wondering if like he was battling an injury and just hasn't said it. But if despite those surface numbers uh, in that date range, the underlying and hard hit stuff is back in line to where it is. Uh, you know, last year, it's a 45% hard hit percentage uh, in that date range. Last year, it was at 47 and a half. Uh, in 2020, it was 44 and a half. So, more in line with the Kyle Tucker that we know. On the year, it's still just 39%. So that goes to show you how much lower it was before this recent stretch um, uh, brought it back up there. So, I'm wondering if he's battling an injury. Kind of, kind of got. Uh, got it right and and you know if there is if you have to have a trade deadline if someone's still looking at that average less than 250 um despite the last few weeks uh i i think uh and an ops less than 800 um i think that you know it's a great buy low if you still can do it despite him being sort of on fire this last seven days um but something to point out i think the process is there and maybe he'll sort of slip into the back end of that second round next year, although I, the speed in the 18 stolen bases will probably carry him, and if he finishes anywhere uh, above an 800 OPS, it'll probably be mid-second round at worst, but still, that could be a steal because people spent a first-round pick and uh, an early first-round pick in some cases on Tucker this year, and there might be some disappointment, and, but I, I think you can look past that and sort of get a bargain in the second round next year. Yeah, the ball might have been a, a factor too. Just like what jumps out to me with Tucker is that it's the highest fly ball rate of his career, and then his lowest hard hit rate of his career, just on like the season. So pair that with everything that was was going on with the the offense output, you could see where you know he's kind of in a warning track power type of spot. But it seems like. The power is starting to, to get unlocked slowly but surely here. Um, although I guess, yeah, just a couple homers the past two weeks. But, yeah, if the power opens up, I think uh, he probably will, like you said, kind of creep to that one-two turn just because the speed will, will carry through. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's a good combo. with the Even with the hard hit rate being low, it's still, like, top 50. Uh, on this yeah. list, and then the, he's really cut down on the ground ball rate, which I know is kind of the earliest story for Tucker is too many ground balls when he came up, and then he's he's uh, you know fixed that right away and become a breakout. And yeah, it looks like as a 25 year old, he's just continuing to tweak his swing, hit the ball in the air more. So I think overall, it's, you'd still want the high fly ball rate and just trust the the hard hit will follow. So yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's a good one. Cattell Marte is another one that was on the list, Steve. Another one who's highly rostered at 91%, but I know he's being dropped in some leagues with this hamstring issue. He's actually mm-hmm. dropped in my home league Same. and is on was, waivers right now. So I'm Same. quite interested in the Same. in the analysis on this one. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, talk to me about Marte, Steve. 
this one definitely has been a, a disappointing year just with the availability and the production when he's been on the field. Uh, but what are we seeing with uh, this spreadsheet and your thoughts on kind of the underlying? Yeah, I think he made the, the, the list in the spreadsheet just because his um, play discipline has just been so good over the last uh, few weeks, and he just barely made it with like the hard hit uh, metrics. Uh, he just made it at 35%, so um, 35% uh, for the year uh, puts you probably around like the 30th or 40th percentile, um, which wouldn't be great. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. I'm wondering if he is battling an injury. Um, he does have a, a really good max exit velocity. That might have come early in the year. Um, the barrel rate is the worst that it's been, uh, excluding the shortened season since 2019 when he had that breakout. So uh, it, it, it is a bit concerning. It's harder to get. Um, excited about, especially because he is battling that nagging injury. It is strange. Uh, the the NBC uh, Sports Edge or uh, whatever it's called now, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. we used to be Roto Wire. Uh, Write up had like uh, some interesting comments, like uh, from from the manager of the Vex. From is it Terry Lovo still, or did he get fired at this point? But he, the last few times he's been at Coors, he comes away with a hamstring injury. Um, and it's more of a product of cores rather than actually being like, oh, this is a new injury. Uh, the manager said uh, that he'll probably get a rest uh, every time that they're at cores for at least one game, um, probably to do with the altitude. Um, they do have one series left, so that's that's something to keep in mind uh, for, for Marte if you want to add him for, for that. I know that's in like September, but um, still, uh, he might not play at all. Uh, Whenever you had a Diamondback sitter, you always kind of have that in mind because they'll play the Rockies at least once uh, mm-hmm. the rest of the season. But, yeah, I, I would be a lot more excited if he didn't have this nagging injury because it just looks like there might be an injury sort of plaguing him all year. I believe he went on the IL for a bit this year too, right, with, with a hamstring. Mm-hmm. So uh, that is not great. Um Outs above average is like the worst it's been too. That's a, a decent sign for you know someone who's who's battling through injury. Although he's never been a good fielder by outs above average, so ignore me on that. But sprint speed is down. Uh, uh, that's a that's a good indicator for uh, for uh, an, an injury. But who knows if if he gets right, uh, he has the plate discipline and you know the max exit velocity on the year to 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 run into one. It's it just been sort of a a disappointing year despite you know a high 700s ops uh just 10 home runs four steals it's not what you expected for or what we were hoping for for bounce back season for Kittle Marte mm-hmm. yeah last year he had an IL stint for both the right hamstring and yep. the left hamstring and this one is left hamstring so it seems like it's uh you know two years in a row uh three different instances so maybe the speed uh might be the speed expectations might need to come down a little bit. For sure. But, um, yeah, I think if you really want to squint, if you run kind of month over month, hard hit percent on Savant, what was 34, 35% in June and July is now up to 41.2% in August. So it's, it's going in the right direction. But, um, yeah, still some work to do. And obviously the main thing is just figuring out what's going on with if he's going to need an IL stint or what the deal is with 
him sitting out uh, multiple games in a row. So I think uh, enough said on Marte. Are you putting in a bid over there, Steve? Are you uh, gonna? I mean, I know you're in the crunch, so you might yeah. just stay with instant production. Yeah, uh, I I don't know honestly. I, I have two more days, I guess, to decide. Um, you know, I might throw in just the, you know keep him on an honest bid just to make sure they just go for like zero dollars in fab something like that, and if I get him, no big yep. deal. So. Um, uh, I, I'll definitely throw in a bit. It's just too big of a name to to be out there, and you know he does have some of these underlying uh, encouraging metrics, at least. Well, we got about five or six more names here, and we are going to get to them in a second. But first, we are going to take a quick ad break, and we'll be right back. Hey, Alex Fast here, and thanks for listening to this podcast on the Pitcher List Podcast Network. If you're a fan, consider supporting all of us by getting a PO Plus subscription, where you're going to get an ad-free website and get access to our Discord, where you can talk to all of our podcast hosts and staff. Plus, you can hang out with our incredible Pitcher List community. It's basically a baseball sanctuary year-round for as low as $8 a month. You can sign up at PitcherList.com backslash plus, and you're going to get your first month free with promo code podcast also don't forget to check out everything else we do as well from youtube videos live streams newsletters off-season articles tiktoks breakdowns over 15 baseball podcasts on our network we can't stop talking about baseball even during the off-season so sign up for pl plus today at pitcherlist.com backslash plus and use promo code podcast to get your first month free all right thanks for listening let's get back to the show all right, another name we've been talking about, Steve, is Heimer Candelario. Man, I feel like two, three episodes ago, he was on the, the precipice of a breakout, and I was really upset that he got sniped in one of my home leagues. And now he's just been ice cold since we talked about him. Five for his last 40 at-bats, and I know he makes the, the list here, Steve, of all of the kind of the underlying numbers it's just hard to find with Candelario. We were, we were talking about it with Tucker. It's like he does have the fly ball rate. He does have some of the, I guess, the power metrics that you would want. But then you look at the hard hit, which is such an important one, and it's kind of middle of the pack. So bear in mind it's like a 250 BABIP, so I'm sure there's a little bit of uh, luck happening. But he also is a guy who gets shifted against. Just curious if there's any light at the tunnel for Candelario. I think it's probably a, a much deeper league compared to some of the names we've talked about. But uh, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, uh, th- this is another one like just squeaks in there. 36.7% hard hit rate um, and 8.3% power rate. So he's just making it. Um, and it, it's, it's, it's harder to, to get excited about because this is sort of one that this is like Trent Grisham, like if he didn't have this hot month, right? Uh, right. He had like a hot series, I think it was, where where, where everyone got a bit excited about him. Um, you know, he's not really walking that much, still just 4.6%. Um, you know, it, in a deep, deep league, sure, because, you know, the, the, there's some good stuff under the hood. You know, there, there's some good process. Um, you're not going to be on this list if there isn't a good process, but... Um, you know, there, 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 there's some unlucky, uh, unluckiness to it too. Uh, just a 250 BABIP. Um, so, uh, there might be some room for improvement. Um, 
to improve on that uh, 220 average over the last uh, 87 plate appearances, but I'm not adding him in like any shallower leagues or anything like that. But you know, uh, it should be better than what than what it is, uh, just because a, a league average power skills with this plate discipline should not be this bad. It should just be uh, an okay player who gets hot at times that you could roster. Yeah, well said. Well, that's uh, probably all we need to go in on for Candelario. Next one I'm more excited about, Steve, and he's way more rostered at 78%, although he's being dropped. It's another Cardinal, so got the bias hat on here. And not your favorite one, Steve. It's Tyler O'Neill, who is heating up. Uh, four of his last seven at-bats have been hits. He's got, a, a, I believe, two homers in there. Definitely one. And tonight he had... Uh, uh, really loud out that would have been a homer, uh, the Wood at Dong account, uh, <laughs> like twenty one out of tw- or twenty one out of thirty ballparks. So, yeah, Tyler O'Neill, two homers in the past two weeks. But yeah, I mean it's looked ugly otherwise on an at bat by at bat basis. But we know the upside here. It's, it's why he was drafted in the top sixty coming into the season. He's been hitting uh, second in the order, which is nice in that Cardinals lineup. And he's taken a lot of walks. So talk to me about Tyler O'Neill. If you're seeing any hope here, if you're still kind of uh, a little burned by the O'Neill investment and you'd, you'd rather pass on this one. I'm definitely a little burned, but there, there's everything under the hood shows that he should be a lot closer to last year th- than what he is now. Um, you know, he's got a 13% bow rate, especially in the last 30 days. In the last 30 days, he's got a 13% bow rate, um, a hard hit percentage of 45.7%, so that's really good. Um, a swing strike rate of just 10.8%, and a strikeout rate under 30% with a 10.3% walk rate. So, like, the process is there. It's just leading to a 191 average with 295 OBP and 353 slug. Like, it just doesn't add up at all like yeah sure he's in the slump um or basically all year has battled some injuries i wonder how much that's played into it right like he had uh you know a a really abysmal start went on the il and then like went right back on the il in that brief stint that in between those two il stints he was pretty hot so like it, it was only for a few days but he never really got to get going from that at the end of his second IL stint, he was hitting the wrist with like uh, on a rehab assignment, and then went for like an MRI, right? And like there was a tear; mm-hmm. it wasn't a break, so like that was crazy too. It just seems like everything that could go wrong for Tyler O'Neill has gone wrong. And yeah. in our episode with Paul Sporer, that's kind of why he was out on him, right? Because like when things go wrong for a player like this, that does is sort of this boomer bust, high strikeout high power guy uh they go wrong right um you see what happens last year when everything goes right um but i think at least not for this year but you know if not for this year i'll definitely be in on him next year because like his draft price unless he goes like absolutely bananas the last month and a half of the season uh, will be significantly low like people will be absolutely out after spending a top three or four pick on him um depending on your league size so 
the process is kind of essentially the same. Maybe he's hurt a little bit, but you know the the, the barrel rate and hard hit it is, shows that he's not. And he is running too. I think he's like eight of twelve uh, for steals. So um, who knows? But uh, I I think it's encouraging. Uh, I, I I like it for for the next month and a half. Uh, despite me, you know, I don't know what's the saying like. Uh, you know, the definition of insanity is doing the same things over and over again and expecting a different result. So uh, maybe I'm a little insane with Tyler O'Neill, but I'm still believing. But we got to remember, even take last season out of the equation when he was just, you know, going off as like a basically first round type of production. Mm-hmm. In years prior to that, O'Neill would go on runs and he's very capable of it. I think that this one part of the the mystery of this exercise we're doing is you have to predict these before they actually happen like it's so much easier now to say you know Vinny P let's talk about Vinny yeah. P but it, it looked so ugly the fact that he's got the 13% barrel rate in the past month the fact that there's a 233 BABIP there the the K rate which I know Spore was talking about too with the, like the Domingo Santana comp mm-hmm. at just twenty eight percent is yeah. you know it's part of that like almost that Stanton range where you're like just get under thirty or, or Gallo and you're like that and it'll be fine the ten percent walk rate the, the hard hits look good I'm just I would not be shocked at all if O'Neill just kind of explodes and he's gonna give you more speed than than Pasquantino obviously more strikeouts as well but I think this one if he's dropped in leagues, I think that this is a guy who, if it clicks, which it looks like it should be doing, then this could be a significant contributor for for a playoff or championship push. So, yeah. I mean, Cardinal bias for sure, but I think this one has a lot under the hood that the other ones don't, I guess. Yeah, it's not like, oh, Tyler O'Neill's now striking out 42% of the time this year. No wonder why this is happening. Like, move on. It's It's not that simple. It may look like that. Um, because that's how bad his surface numbers are, but uh, that's not the case. That that that'd be like you know lazy analysis uh, there. Like right, his K rate's better than it was last year, right? Like what was yeah. it? Thirty one. Yeah, thirty one. Yeah, and, and 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 walk rate too, right? Like you think he walked just like seven or eight percent of the time. So yeah, he's made strides in that. Like under the hood, he's he's made some strides without giving up that hard hit rate. So. It's puzzling and frustrating for sure, but you're probably right, and he's probably worth a shot, uh, especially where he was dropped. And the most recent IL stint was was hamstring as well. I know he had the shoulder stuff earlier this season, which you know, Got who it. knows? Maybe maybe we'll see at the end that the shoulder was bugging him all along. But yeah, that and that wrist and that hidden wrist that he didn't go on the IL yes. for, right? Like that's always scary yes. for a power hitter. But the for metrics sure. are there; it doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. So I think O'Neal is a, a really good one to circle here. Uh, the next one, similar, frustrating, highly rostered player, Cody Bellinger. We just kind of got the scarlet letter from Dave Roberts saying he's going to be resting for a few days in what was already kind of a, a crowded lineup with uh, Trace Thompson, uh, Chris Taylor coming back. Um, I don't know, man. It's It's been a challenge to find any hope for Bellinger and I know he's kind of gone in and out of stints I think the fly balls are back up but the hard hit isn't necessarily following suit kind of similar what we talked with uh, on a couple of these other guys 
what do you think with Bellinger? I mean, he, he's actually available in plenty of leagues where, or it seems like he, he will just go on and off the wire. Do you do you have any hope here? Is this one that's kind of like Marte, where it's like if he's not available, then what's the point? I mean, you really got to squint, but over these last 30 days, it's just a 21.3% strikeout percentage. Um, is- sure, he's not walking uh, like he would in peak years, but... Um, that's encouraging. I mean, uh, a 57.6% fly ball rate is going to keep the batting average down. Um, but it looks like maybe he might be sacrificing some some of that power because a 9.1% power rate and a 36.4% hard hit percentage is not very Cody Bellinger-esque. Um, it, you know, it, it speaks more of what's going on this year with... Uh, it's strange. Cody Bellinger's 33rd in max EV this year, right? Like, that's one thing that you would expect. It would always be there. But he hasn't hit a ball higher than 107.4 miles an hour in the last two seasons. Uh, it's never like he was absolutely elite at that, right? It's always been like 110, which is more like, you know, 70th percentile, 75th percentile. But still, like, this power hitter, Cody Bellinger, just hasn't been right. I wonder, like... You know, they talk about those shoulder surgeries starting ruining careers, and that might be what we have on our hands here, which is unfortunate because Pete Cody Bellinger is, you know, a top three fantasy asset. But uh, we're a long, long ways from that. And despite him popping up on this list, like, it's more like, okay, he's doing some play disciplines uh, stuff well, but at the cost of just barely being uh, above average and hard hit and, and, and barrel percentage, which isn't going to do any good for Cody Bellinger. Yeah, the other thing with Bellinger is the the BABIP during this time because he's just batting 193 during this sample poll. The BABIP is 180. Um, the shift with the amount that he pulls the ball as well is a factor for him. It, pulling the ball 45% of the time this season which is up from the past couple of years you know this it, this could be a situation next year where he's a, he's a beneficiary when the shift goes away but yeah in the meantime it's really hard to kind of recommend Bellinger even with the play discipline gain so with Gallo Chris Taylor who just literally hit a bomb as we speak um, I think it's just going to be that this might be the the Dodgers' way of kind of easing him out of everyday playing time, um, because they they need to make that push, and they're not going to get the production from him, um, at least this season. It doesn't seem like so. Uh, let's move to Taylor Ward, Steve. Talk about the he's kind of the Jesse Winker of this year, where the first half yeah. he was an absolute all star, and then you know since the injury. In May, he just hasn't really been right, and that's been compounded for sure in the past couple weeks where he's just batting 218. Um, he still does have three homers in that time, but it's, uh, I don't know, it's tough to make sense of what's going on with Taylor Ward. That said, he does kind of register on this list, so do you think that there's a turnaround in sight for Taylor Ward? Yeah, I think uh, it matches the narrative of that shoulder injury where he, you know, banged into the outfield wall trying to make a catch, um, missed uh, a significant amount of time in the end of May and June, and then came back and just wasn't nearly what he was in April and May. Um, 
But, you know, it looks like there might be some encouraging signs over the last few days. Uh, his home run totals by month. Uh, April, he had five. May, he had five. June, he had one where, he, you know, he got hurt. July, just two where he played most of July. And then he's already had three in August. So, you know, uh, we're here 15 days into August, uh, 15 games in, you know, whatever uh, games they've played in August, uh, 12 or so. Um, he's got three home runs. So, um Maybe his shoulder's getting right. His plate discipline skills still look good. Um, and his hard hit rate is, is is creeping up. Like, you know, if you look at that, uh, you know, hard hit by month uh, on Baseball Savant, you'll see that that, that it's creeping back up um, to, you know, the, the Taylor Ward that we saw uh, in, in the beginning of the season. So this extended slump and sort of injury, I think, if anything, is kind of going to suppress his draft draft price a bit. Uh, whereas, you know, uh, I, I think he could have kept up what he was doing in April and May had he not been injured and a full off season to get right. Um, and it seems like he's getting right as the the season progresses. Um, makes for a good ad uh, here in the middle of August and a good name to keep in mind in uh, in March in drafts. Yeah, he's 64% rostered right now, and I think the across all his underlying stats, the one that probably jumps out the most is a 52.6% fly ball rate, which is terrific. It's just you need the hard hit to take a, a step forward mm-hmm. from kind of that like 40th percentile up to just regardless, he should be hitting more homers than he has. Just a 10% home run to fly ball rate during this july 15th to august 15th sample but like you said he's already got three in august so you know maybe by the end of the month this looks closer to what he was doing at the start of the year it's hard to know if he's feeling fully like physically healthy but i think ward would be a really good name to watch one more homer i i would say what do you think steve like if he if he had a homer in the next Uh, two or three games i think it'd be kind of a rush to add that like oh he might be going on a run here yeah there's there would definitely be uh a scramble right right like he essentially went undrafted had that insane run and was probably up to close to 90 you know 95 percent rostered in, in most leagues uh so that goes to show you how far that's fallen off i know uh with an extended eye Austin and an extended slump that that's what it's going to lead to um, but that could jump up real quick if he does have another or you know if this hot week uh, continues into hot two or three. Yeah, and, and like you said, very underrated plate discipline, just a 20% strikeout rate in this time sample, and the O-swing is is terrific at just 29% as well. So, yeah, I think Ward is a, a great name. The last one we got on the rundown here, Steve, is Mr. Glaber Torres, who, man, talk about someone who's slumping. It's been a, a 475 OPS during this run and the BABIP is part of that story which is a 222 uh, batting average on balls in play I'm you know this is another guy Steve that's on my home leagues I've came close to, to dropping a, a name like Cattell Marte pops up and I'm like oh this could be an upgrade at second but then Glaber which has kind of been the case all year it's looked so much better under the hood it's just a question of why is it slowed down so much you know the whole Yankees offense. It mm-hmm. seems like since Stanton went went down, has just been searching. I mean, minus Judge for production, but Torres is right at the heart of that. 
what are you seeing under the hood? Do you think there's any uh, signs of improvement that's that's ahead? Because while he's rostered 80%, that's dropping by the week. So this is a guy who could be on the wire for a lot of uh, listeners. And present company included, Steve, I need some advice on this one. Yeah, I, I think it's a product of just everything going wrong for the Yankees all at once. Like, the process stats are good. He's got eight barrels in, in a month. Uh, that's good for a 10.8% rate. Um, he's hitting the ball, you know, uh, harder than he was. You know, Glaber Torres, you can always poke holes in him, right? Besides this year where he has a 45% hard hit percentage, like it would always be like 35, 36, but that's where he's at um, currently at 38%. So in line with what he's done in, in, in successful years and better than, than what it was in that miserable 2021. Um, the plate discipline doesn't look great. Like on the surface, it's a 27% strikeout range is a 4%, uh, 3.7% walk rate. But, you know, he's not chasing. Uh, he's making, you know, decent contact at just 70%. So it, it looks like maybe there's like a timing issue, right? Like he just made the cut there. So uh, a 14.7% swing strike rate is high. So that's the issue. Like there's probably just something going on with this timing. He's pressing. The Yankees are absolutely miserable. But that said, like uh, I, I think they're going to turn it around. They have some time and. You know, a 475 OPS is absolutely brutal, and uh, despite that high swinging strike rate, um, he probably is not deserving of it because, you know, he has eight barrels, is hitting the ball hard. So um, I think as the Yankees' offense will get right, he will get right. They'll be less pressing. He won't be trying to hit a home run every time and swing for the Fessons and can fix that timing issue or whatever is going on with this swing because that's not really in line, you know, Torres, even when he was bad, had a low strikeout rate at just 21%. Um, mm-hmm. was, was the highest since uh, 2018. So uh, that's the issue there, uh, it looks like. Um, but I wonder how much that is pressing, the Yankees being horrible and sort of uh, compounding on, on everything. But I would, I, would, I would bet that that would improve over the last six weeks, over the next six weeks. Yeah, and... The- you know, it's it's a little more soft analysis, but after going on an 0 for 20 run, the Yankees moved him up to bat leadoff, and in the two games so far, he's three for eight, uh, all singles. But you know, maybe there's a little bit of a psychology thing there on switching him around in the order. It seems like he's starting to crawl out of the slump. So I think those are. Some good signs. Yeah, I'm not in a rush. I think when it's been clicking for Torres, he's been such an asset that that's probably why the 80% roster rate is still so high is people see the stat cast numbers are good. They know that he's, you know, prospect pedigree. And and he was very, very good in earlier months. So it's just been a, a very rough past month with the 467 OPS. So I think that, that rounds us out for Torres and for the – the overall rundown, Steve, this is a, a really good list. So I think, you know, one thing to add, because I know we like the couple Cardinals on here with O'Neill and Newt Bar is like we had outlined a couple episodes back, the Cardinals still have one of the best offensive matchups throughout the rest of the season. So I think those ones are good ones to circle. But I think Bladé is a really good name, just 3% rostered. Um, and and Ward is a really good one as well. It seems like 65% is low for how good he can be, and it's 
you know, it looks like he won't kill you otherwise because the plate discipline is so good. But those are kind of my my closing thoughts. I think some of the other ones, kind of like a pass on Bellinger, Candelario, Marte is such a tough call. Uh, but yeah, this is a really good list. Love the love the data sheet that you pulled down on this one, Steve. And uh, yeah, open to your closing thoughts on the uh, crystal ball for the next potential breakout in Vinny P fashion. Yeah, no, it's uh, it was a lot of fun. It's uh, cool to do stuff like this, build these lists. Uh, like I said, the Fangraphs uh, custom leaderboard is great for for this sort of stuff, especially in date ranges and. Uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully some of these names pop. This will be a good one to to check back in on. Um, I know there's been some guys that we've talked about here that um, have come back up again in, in the last few episodes, but um, it, it's some interesting stuff, right? Like always look at the always look at the process, right? The the surface numbers only tell you so much. Like that's kind of the spirit of this show, right? Like uh, you want to see more than what uh the back of the baseball cards are telling you and 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 you know we have the tools with with fan graphs uh stack cast pitcher list all this stuff uh maybe uh i know you're out next week but maybe next week we'll do uh, a sort of a, a pitching version with this i could try and line up a guess there for that which which could be interesting um sort of to find uh uh you know how we saw that breakout with Dylan Cease in the second half last year. Maybe we could we could look to see who's kind of in the mix of that uh, mist of that um, with some pitching metrics, which could be a good idea. Yeah, uh, love that. But yeah, it's 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 been you know, Vinny P is the perfect example, man. Like those process numbers were great, the results were not, but it, it, it's it's turning out to be good for those who hold or, or, or scoop back up because they saw those numbers. Yeah, no, I, I would love if you guys uh, put something out like that. I know typically when I'm on any uh, travels, it's always uh, plenty of windshield time or flight time where I can tune in to, to you and Adam or whoever it is. So, yeah, I would love to hear that and then totally agree on, on doing topics like this. I think once the the crunch of kind of actionable advice slows down at the end of the season, it's going to be a, a ton of fun to do some you know some unique topics and for the listeners you guys feel free if there's anything you guys want us to dial in on i think one topic we threw out was uh you know kind of perpetual underperformers on Statcast um or yep. overperformers so just trying to outline names that don't necessarily show up on a savant page or the colors don't match their production so different topics like that will be a lot of fun as well as going back to kind of the the wins and losses for us this year steve and and just saying you know of the names we were throwing out there what were some of the best hits what were some of the ones that were way off so yeah should be a ton of fun man um i don't know about you but uh, like has the fatigue slowed down a little bit for you like now i feel like we're so close to the finale that i'm like back fully locked um but you know that's kind of the nature. Oh yeah, I'm nature back of fantasy it, baseball. Like, yeah, 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 it is. This uh, is the push. All all systems go at this point. Uh, it's uh, you know, it's more. Oh man, I can't believe we just have six months of uh, six weeks of baseball left. Like you know, like hard knocks and training camp is starting. All of football, like you know, I love football, but baseball is uh, the true number one for me. So. Uh, I'm enjoying it while I can. Yeah. 
Yeah, I tried to quit my fantasy football league. They wouldn't let me. So, yeah, we're, we know it's the number one here. So, all right, guys, thanks so much for tuning in. Episode 69 of Wins Above Fantasy. You guys can follow us on the Twitter at Wins Above Pod. I'm at Van underscore verified, and Steve is at Stav8818. Email us with any questions, topics, any comments, winsabovefantasy at gmail.com. We'd love if you guys could give us a rating and a review on Apple, Spotify, wherever you guys listen. But thanks so much, and we will talk to you guys next week. I will not be here, but Steve will be holding down the fort, and uh, just keep grinding out there, guys. Oh, yeah. Thanks for talking baseball with us, guys. Later.